When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Megan coming to you live on an Avalanche off day as uh, it's we're starting to get there, right? We're now 14 games, 13 games into the season. Uh, so it's a pretty significant no. sample. Now I guess it's it is it is fourteen because yeah, the Avs are eight five and one. So you know you're starting to get to sample sizes that you can actually extrapolate from a little bit instead of just complete nonsense small number stuff. Uh, so we figured you know we'll have a look at uh, some of the Avs depth players, see who to this point is living up to the hype. Uh, it's spoiler alert: it's not a lot of them, but. Something we're going to dive into anyway. Uh, AJ, you want to start with the good or the uh, bad? Can we start with dog ugly versus not dog ugly? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's just going to leave. Well, uh, no. We can, we can you start off later for Thanksgiving. Sorry. True. That's going to be a problem. I'm just going to have to hide all night. I'm looking forward to it, though. Friendsgiving's going to be fun. Yeah. It's been a while since we've hung out with the homies. It'll be so fun. Just watch your mouth. (laughs) Uh, You know what? There's going to be... Rudo, aren't you bringing beer? I am bringing beer. I'm going to be saying some shit. (laughs) What? Did Megan get signed up to bring knives? Is that why you took utensils, AJ? (laughs) Cause, so Megan couldn't have the knives? No, I took utensils because I always take utensils. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody at that Friendsgiving wants to be cooking for a mass amount of people. That's why I, I get, took beer. <laughs> I get by enough to keep myself alive, but I, I ain't trying to thrust that on others in the, out in the world. Well, in any case, there hasn't been a lot of cooking going on in the Avs bottom six, to say the least. Yeah. You could definitely say that, man. Who, it has not been great. the you, The problem is, is that you look at you look at their lineup right now, and with the injuries, you would even say, "What even is their bottom six? Because <laughs> yeah, fair. You look at a you look at a guy like an Alex Newhook, who I think is where has has probably been the center of disappointment uh, so far this season, while also being a disappointment at center because he's been a lot better at weight. But I think... He hasn't really gotten second-line minutes. That's the thing, is that, like, 
people we talk about him like oh Colorado's second line and it's like Evan Rodriguez the only one that gets second line minutes on a consistent basis New honestly hook. he gets he gets more minutes than some first line guys do new hook floating just over 13 minutes of average time on ice so not yeah. really in the second line range at all which is right where he was last year mind yeah. you and JT Comfer is really a second line guy for them and yeah. that's where that's where it's it's interesting to me that new hook is like such like such a laser focus on has he taken a step forward? Is it any good? Is it better? Is it worse? Like what with with New Hook and you've got a guy in JT Gomfer who's in a contract year who's given you two productive games this season. Yeah. I mean it's really between New Hook has three points, Comfer has four points. Yeah. And and Comfer, playing significantly more. Significantly more. And it's not without similar opportunity from new hook either to include the ice time that Comfort gets. He's also getting looks on the power play penalty kill. Like he's on the ice significant amount of time. And it's not like he's a liability defensively in that, right. But he's also just not really having an impact otherwise. And for what he is as someone that has been in the discussion for a two C, it just feels inexcusable. Yeah. Just for, a, a direct comparison here. Uh, New Hook at five on five is averaging 0. 0.71 points per 60. So obviously not great. Comfer, really bad. Comfer averaging 0. 0.65. Uh, That's also really bad. Comfer playing over a full minute more at five on five per game. So. Those are probably the two that you're really looking at and asking for more production out of going forward. I think they have been. I think those are the two guys that I think I've been most disappointed with um, to start this year. And, you know, digging into some of the fancies last night, even the underlines for New Hook aren't any good. Um, You know, and to be honest with you, they've rarely ever been good for JT Comper. He's never Uh, been a play driver yeah yeah he's always been a guy where it's like well defensively that's the upside there but offensively he's never driven play he's never been on the positive side of things the only time that he ever ends up there is when he gets line mates that have carried him there because he's played up in the lineup with guys and um like that's it but the scoring usually drops when he's there so if you go and you look at uh his uh, with or without use or th- throughout his career, JT Comfer has made almost every line made a little bit worse. So some of this is normal in terms of um, the expectations for Comfer should not have been very high to begin with because he's always been that depth guy. We pretty like, much established he's not a 2C already. Right, and that's yeah. that's the thing. is like his He's got four points in 14 games. If you... If you build that out across an 82 games, it's 23 points. All right. That's lower. That's lower than you would expect for JT Comfort. So he's off to a slow start, even for what you would expect is a 33, 30 to 37 point player. He's off to a slow start. And the guy has one goal in 14 games. 
he's a guy that has averaged like 16 goals per season his entire career. Like, you know that it's you know that it's coming with JT Comfort because he does this pretty frequently. He hasn't hit that really hot week yet where he'll he'll have four goals multiple in good two games. games. Yeah, exactly. He just hasn't hit it yet. What's frustrating is that the Avs really, 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 really need some help here. Like, the Avs' top guys really need some help. Rantanen is third in the NHL in scoring. McKinnon is fifth. You can't seriously ask for more from these guys. Like, Kale Kale McCarr feels like he's off to a slow start. He has 18 points in 14 games! (laughs) And you you look... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. And you look at the slow production from Comfer as a symptom of the larger problem, which is the entire basis of this episode. Because when you see Comfer have a little bit of success, it is usually because he is playing alongside guys that are helping to elevate him. It's for that same reason that we would hate to see Newhook and Comfer back on a line together because they just don't help one another in that right. And yeah. this is the problem for the Avs right now is even the, the middle and bottom six are so in flux right now that there isn't a lot of consistency. It's a third line that's actually a fourth line and a fourth line that's basically the Colorado Eagles. And that is not a demerit of the Colorado Eagles. I've been really happy with the way a lot of these call-up opportunities have stepped up too, but it's a segue into the Dryden Hunt conversation as well, why this is just an area of the lineup that's hurting altogether. I, yeah. I think I think it's a an interesting name to bring up to, to talk about Hunt because he's now 10 games in. You know, those first couple of games was like, he just got there. This is a total free pass. Nobody can, like, the guy has no idea what's going on. It's fine. Whatever he does, just don't, just don't take a bunch of penalties and put them in bad spots. How, 10 games in, knowing that, like, it's just 10 games, but it's what we have so far. How has he really fit for the abs? I mean, have you, have you guys, like, been moved in either direction has there been a, they should really keep him? Is it, like, I, I guess, where 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 do you guys sit on him after 10 games? I Certainly before last night's game, I don't see a difference between that dude and Jason Magna. Like, he really yeah. has not had any real impact on a hockey game yet up until last night. Um and, you know, some of that comes with the territory of being a fourth-line player, having limited minutes, things like that. But I don't see him as an impactful player going forward either, which is more of my concern. Now, last night, AJ, you were talking about this before the show, he actually played pretty well outside of the glaring issue of not being able to finish. Yeah, I I felt bad last night that we focused entirely on Dryden Hunt not scoring in the two open nets that he had chances to. And totally, totally, we dropped the ball on this, did not did not give him the props for actually having an impact on the game, playing pretty well. Um I felt bad about that when I like went back and rewatched the game when I got home last night. I was like, "Man, Dryden Hunt was good in this game." And we only talked about what he didn't do instead of what he did do. But I would agree with you. The first nine games, there were there was very little to, to pull from it that was that exciting. But and I did like last night outside of that. The problem you run into here is this 
didn't feel like Newhook's first 10 games of the season where it feels like it's coming. You know, there's a, there's things, there's positives to take from each game for the guy where you can feel like, all right, maybe he's working towards something. With Hunt, it was, there's nothing. He had his two opportunities. He botched both of them. And I don't know when he's going to get another one. Yeah. So I think, too- oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I I view it similarly because Stryden Hunt was on his way to the AHL, more or less. And yep. so for a player like Hunt and a player like Sam Baranta, this is an opportunity. And I, there have been a lot of games with Dryden Hunt that he's gone unnoticed with exception to this last one. Whereas in a much more limited sample size, I have noticed Aranta, Amaltev, Akout more. And I think it's unacceptable because they're actually in a very similar position it's just a lot easier to reassign Sam Baranta than it is to put Dryden Hunt back on waivers. And for that reason, though, it should motivate someone like Dryden Hunt, who is actually, in my opinion, in a very similar position to be visible every single night, because that's the standard that has been set for a player like Sam Baranta. I would agree. And it's an interesting spot, right? Because historically, the abs have been pretty consistent and good at finding quality off of waivers. Mac last year, obviously you can go back. Uh, yeah, there's a, a pretty there's, there's like a five year history of this now. <laughs> yeah, going all the way back to Nieto and Barbario. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something the Avs have been pretty good at, but I'm not every day. It feels like Hunt is is categorizing closer to Marco Dano than the rest of these waiver claims in recent Avs history. I think I think. Uh... I think he's in between. I I agree with that, but I I like, think he might lean closer to Dano than if you successful waiver claim. If you if you put if if the scale is Marco Dano and Abe Kubel, yeah, who I think was at forward probably the most impactful waiver claim that they've had. True. Um, outside of like seventeen games of. Well, I guess they traded for Andrew Ghetto, didn't they? Yep. Instead of claiming him. Good call, guys. <laughs> um, I see that, some... I, like... Go ahead. Oh, I, it's going to be a different topic. I'll wait a second. Oh, I, I just think those two, like if somewhere between those two, Dryden Hunt is like right in the middle. Where I think I think the style will play. And this is this is, again, we're going back to a usage issue here. I want to see him play more. Yeah. I'm I'm like the six minutes a night is such an unfair thing to judge a guy off of. Uh, but also you do see Sampo Ranta come in and not not necessarily like make a really big impact, but he does get involved in those six minutes. Somehow all three games, you've seen little flashes from Sampo Ranta where you're like, what's up with this? How come these other guys, Martin Cout wasn't doing that. Dryden Hunt hasn't done that. Jason Magnet didn't do it last night. None of these guys mm, have given. I, I don't know if I agree that Martin Cout hasn't done that. I well, I think Martin Cout has flashed more when he has when he got more minutes. When he was playing, yeah, when he was okay. playing the five or okay. six minutes, I didn't see a lot of that. But Sampo has come in and actually done that, and that I think has been really interesting. Um, I I. I want to, uh, me personally, I want to keep Sampo around. I want to keep Dryden Hunt around. Last night I thought was really encouraging. 
is that is that a breakthrough where he's starting to understand what he needs to do in Colorado? Is he starting to get more comfortable with things? Or did he just have a good game? I want to answer that question. I want I want him to get ice time to answer that question. And personally, since Sampo and Hunt got put together on that fourth line, whether it's been Bowers, whether it's been Magna, it hasn't really mattered. I think they've started to look, they've shown life where they've been interesting. And I would like to see them get maybe another shift or two. Sure. Just me, just 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 for me, I would I would be you know, I, not I mean, asking look, for ten minutes here. The Abs don't but, have another better forward option on the horizon anytime soon. So, <laughs> I, that's, I, that's the chat has asked about Ben Myers, and I've tweeted about the injury status of Myers. But for people who might not be on Twitter or have seen that interaction, I just wanted to bring people up to speed why Matt Myers hasn't been an option in the mix for a call-up. And he was injured on October 22nd in the second series of the Calgary game. And it was something in his core area relating to like his groin, hip flexors. Uh, and so I don't know the exact timeline because they were still trying to pinpoint exactly which area he had strained to prevent further strain and if it is something though in that area I know that can be a few weeks timeline for recovery he's had about three under his belt now so hopefully just knowing the area that it's in we're close to knowing a better idea of when he'll return back but it's a little it's still a bit uncertain for him well and and when you talk about disappointments remember Ben Myers opened the season with the team and was a big part their off-season plan Ben Myers was supposed to be a guy who was going to come in and contribute on the NHL roster right away and had such a brutally disappointing preseason and start to the year that he didn't even stick around. Yeah. And I think that was, I mean, we're talking about Newhook being a disappointment and, you know, and how he hasn't quite taken the step we were hoping, but Ben, Ben Myers was rough at the start of the year. They're going into the season. There was buzz that Ben Myers could be pushing for a three C position, right? And yeah, ending up not even sticking on the NHL roster is a far cry from that. Yeah, it was a pretty big disappointment from Ben Myers to start the year. Like this is a guy that was really, really well thought of, uh, and obviously, like not not kicking dirt on the guy's career here. You know, it's not over. It's just getting started. Yeah, but. You couldn't have asked for much worse of a start this year I, where he plays himself off the NHL team and then immediately gets hurt for several weeks like this. Now, now it's into, okay, well, whenever he gets back, he's going to need a week or two in the AHL just, just to ramp up again. <clears throat> and then you start wanting to see results. Once he gets back into the swing of things, then you want to start seeing some results. And it might be unfair to ask for many results because half the Eagles are in Denver right now. Half the Eagles forward core, I should say, are in Denver right now. Yep. And so you're saying a bunch of guys now, you know, that are like fine, like depth guys in the AHL are playing really important roles. For what it's worth, Myers is a center. So would line up to replace Jason Magna as the 4C on the Avs roster if and when he gets healthy, which is fine. I think that is the most intriguing way to run the Avs is if you can put Ben Myers in there and then you have a number of guys where it's like, okay, let's see what they can do on top, Myers on top of 
Hunt on top of Cout on top of Ranta. So at least he fits in that way. But yeah, and, and, and look, obviously you feel for him. It's out of his control that he got an injury yeah. like that. But sucks so much. Very unfortunate timing for sure. Happy uh, birthday, Ben. Yeah, it, it has been my yeah. birthday. So now uh, I feel even worse. Thanks. <laughs> Well, for Ben Meyer's birthday, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. Uh, it might not help you recover from a core injury, but it can certainly help prevent some flu-like symptoms. Also, a lot of athletes use it as part of their workout routine to get them going. So it gets your immune system boosted. Uh, just one scoop in your cup of water every single day. Uh, super easy to drink. A lot of people like the tangy flavor of it. So highly recommend you go check out Athletic Greens today at athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. When you do order, you get a year's supply of vitamin D to go along with it. It's got 75 different vitamins and minerals in Athletic Greens, a bunch of probiotics and adaptogens as well. So really make sure you're taking care of yourself. You can take control of your health today. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to order. Also brought to you by, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You can go over to DraftKings right now, use the DNVR code to set up a new account, and when you do that, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win their next game. If they do, you get $200 in free bets. So you can jump on whatever bets you want with the $200 in free bets whether that's betting the under on the Broncos in every single game or, you know, taking Miko Rantanen to score in every single game. Either way, it works out pretty consistently, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's tons of other bets as well that you can make if you want. If you think uh, McKinnon can keep it up, maybe uh, sprinkle a little bit on him winning the heart, something like that. Or maybe Miko, if you want the long shot. I was going to say, if you really want the better odds there, I bet Miko's hard odds are They're money long, Miko. For sure. So, a bunch of interesting bets you can make on the abs there. But head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook to use that DNVR code. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We've talked about the bad, and we can we can get back to some of that, but I do want to touch on some of the positives here as well because the Avs are getting some value. You know, is it really their depth or are we really talking about their top nine? How do you want to describe stuff? Sure, mm -hmm. fair enough. But the one guy who really has seemed to settle in nicely with the abs is Evan Rodriguez. Silent true. nods. Okay. It's true. I'm afraid to say anything else. <laughs> it's true. End of statement. Uh, I, I mean, look, I think... You would probably like to see him get off the Cy Young game a little bit and start picking up a few more assists here and there. But yeah, the Avs have also kind of discovered another weapon on that power play where Erod's got a pretty solid one-timer. So he's he's a guy who's fit in, in in maybe some unexpected ways. And if we're being honest, is probably getting overused a little bit right now yeah but 
there's also a reason for that. The Avs are missing two top six guys. So someone has had to fill that role, and Erod is the one who's earned it the most so far. I would say for all the for all the hand wringing so far about how the Avs need a two C, and it's obvious they don't have this guy or whatever. But right now, like Evan Rodriguez is centering Newhook and Martin Kaut as your second line. It's not getting yep. second line minutes, but between Rodriguez and Comfer, they're kind of making up um, a composite two C job, but. In the event of health, like Val Nachushkin, Gabe Landeskog come back, is it not difficult to envision Evan Rodriguez between those two as your second line, given how Erod has played? Given, given especially, like, he's driven play better than we thought. He's been fine defensively. Now that line is kind of up and down at times um that that trio that's currently put together has been up and down at times but i went i I went and looked at the how that how that that line had done together uh those three new hook uh rodriguez and count they're even on corsi they're um about 43 percent on expected goals but they're about 55 percent on scoring chances and uh, they've gotten really unlucky. Their on-ice shooting percentage is like 4%. And their uh, on-ice save percentage is only like 91. It's one of the lowest uh, among Colorado's consistent lines. So it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. They're, they're certainly not doing a job as a true second line. They're also not being played that way. We should really stop calling them that because it's not accurate. But I think Rodriguez has played himself into opportunity, is is playing himself into further opportunity when they do get healthy, where you say maybe they don't need a true, maybe they don't need to go out and, and make the, the big splashy deadline deal. Um, maybe they can get by with a more of a depth guy to help them instead. Um, because I do, I do think Erod has played to that kind of level. I don't know that his. I don't know what his production becomes at E, especially at even strength. Your second line, you, if you're going to have a, like a true second line here, they have to produce at five v five, because they're not going yeah, to get tons of power playing time here. They have to produce something at five v five. That's my one concern there. Not that Erod hasn't played well, but you're seeing a lot of that production com- production come from that power play, and that's well, where it's. I mean. He's got so he's got seven points. Three of them have come on the power play. If we're talking about power play production being a concern, Arturi Lekkinen has eight power play points out of ten. Also, a, a genuine a concern. Yeah, <laughs> really big problem for me personally is that he's very rarely involved in five v five stuff. And when we're talking about how Colorado, it's Colorado's top line. It's Colorado's top two with a third guy that's getting some free shit on the power play along the way. For sure. Uh, and, and obviously that was, a, he had a great shot last night to, to straight, just beat Jordan Bennington. But you're, you are talking about a guy that he's got eight power play points uh, out of 10. You want more from Arturi Lekkinen. Uh Erod looks seven, seven points in 14 games. That's right. What we talked about last night. You want right about half a point per game, maybe, Point six points per game from your second line, giving you a point every other game. 
That's where Erod is right now. That's right. That's right on the line where he is. Uh, and I do. I do wonder uh, if you put him next to and and like I, I. I believe New Hook's got better in it. I think Martin Kaut's Me been too. fine. Agreed. I've really not had a had a really big problem. Um, and I think right now, kind of just proving what we felt like he could be a, a solid depth guy if just given that opportunity. Uh, that play he made to tap that puck to Dryden Hunt time. last night, it was so underrated. I ignored it in the moment because Hunt blew it, but that is such a heads-up, sneaky good play that he made. And I think he makes about one of those every game. He, it's like a little thing that that he he makes a really nice play. And then, like, there's whole all these other aspects to the game that are debatable that we could get into. But uh, with Rodriguez, like, I, I just wonder if you put it between Nachushkin and Landeskog or any combination of those top five guys, right? Uh, if it's if it's Lekkanen and Landeskog or Lekkanen and Nachushkin, like, whatever it ends up being, you feel like the the opportunity is there for him before the deadline to prove he can handle that job. It's yeah. I Landeskog especially is the the security blanket almost right. You have Evan Rodriguez at two C, and maybe you don't fully trust him as a two C. Well, Gabe Landeskog has been playing as a pseudo center for his entire career with this team. Basically, he can always take some of those jobs off of Rodriguez and give him a little bit more freedom if that's how you want to run it. So I do think the Avs have some flexibility there to do stuff like that once they get healthy, like you were saying. But Erod needs some help in the immediate <laughs> on that second line. Well, and that's I, that's not a personnel thing. That's what those guys need to play better thing. Agreed. I um but I do I, I'm saying that in a in a in a sea of God, can this guy pick his game up? Can this guy do that? Can that guy do that? We're, I think we're seeing Evan Rodriguez show what made him intriguing to the Avs all offseason that we talked about and saying, hey, maybe he really... And and we're talking about like a low-end 2C here. For sure. Um, we're not, you know, if, if, if he you get even 40 gets points that, out of that guy, yeah. Right, like you feel pretty good about it, but... And, and and I could see where somebody would say, well, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup with a low end 2C. All right, well, fair enough. Like if that, it, you know, that's a that's a fair argument that I'm I'm here for. Um, but again, like more deadline stuff, like that's there's a lot of hockey to be played before that decision has yeah, the, to be made. I, the math is complicated. But Erod Erod is getting minutes and he's doing well with them. He's not at a crazy shooting percentage, you know, it's a little high. It's at 13%, but we've also seen, he's a guy with a pretty decent shot. You would like to, uh, that, that will probably be high for him. I think it'll probably come down, uh, when it's all said and done, but it shouldn't come down too much. Uh, and I think that's a guy that you can continue to give opportunity to. And that's easily the, the depth guy in your like top six that you feel the best about. Yeah. I think he definitely, in some ways, he's as advertised because this was the 
high end of what we expected Erod to be coming from Pittsburgh. But to some people too, there were a lot of concerns about what he could actually be. And I don't know that, you know, you settle on him being 2C as we're talking about, but what he has been is still better than expected. And I think that even if a different 2C option, because you talked about flexibility, especially with guys getting healthy, that that does give more options. This is a really good case being made for Rodriguez himself that he could still have an elevated role in the lineup moving forward. And I think he's done a lot to demonstrate why that would make sense. Um, and I don't know if this is the proper segue, but we talk about needing more, uh, probably like middle six, definitely from top six, like an Artemi Lekkanen type. But we look to where we saw a flash of chemistry and success in preseason and camp, and it was with Alex Galchenyuk and Erod and Newhook. And it feels like a good segue to talk about Alex Galchenyuk in this podcast, too, to see what his role in the Colorado organization could be moving forward, if there is one. Yep. Um, we are brought ever... to you by... Well, go ahead. No, do your thing. We're brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, the number of players that have already suited up for the abs makes me want to drink. I don't know about you guys, but... You can get your Breck Brew at your local liquor store. Use the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find it today or come down to the bar where there are eight different kinds on tap. And Thursday, you can still get tickets for the event we're putting on with LaCroix Hockey. A bunch of the Avs alumni are coming down. Milan Hayduke, Adam Foote, John Mitchell, uh, a bunch of other guys as well, including Coach Peter Budai. I, is he officially a coach or is he a goalie? Uh, like, I think he was. I think he was goalie consultant last consultant. year. Is that he's the a goaltender yeah. coach this year? Yeah, and officially coach, listed uh, as coach. Okay. I was gonna look at the staff real quick and just see what his official title is. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get his title wrong. But Peter Budai will be there. That's what it's what I'm saying. So you can get tickets. Yeah, uh, development goalie coach. We should listen to Megan. If you're a member, I hope you got in means. on the cheaper price because we are opening up tickets to the general public, but they are going to cost a little bit more. Uh, they're going up to $30. But even if you're not a member, you can you can uh, get in on this deal here later today. So, yeah, we should definitely. Steve Reinprecht is also going to be there, and he's mm-hmm. also uh, one of the development coaches. Yep. Uh, we should uh, we should chat up Reinprecht and Budai at the same time and talk to him about development with the eagles yep 100 percent. he buddha i know specifically is a great interview and loves oh. to talk about goaltending he Lindsay's calling me wow amazing timing yeah hold on she's gonna be mad because i said something wrong probably she's watching us live <laughs> yeah look at him go anyway while aj's talking to Lindsay. LaCroix Hockey, great organization. We're putting on a big fundraiser for them at the event. So if you want to come help support hockey in uh, Hockey Capital USA, it's a great way to get in on and do it. So highly recommend you you get it on Thursday. They're doing a silent auction, going to be giving away a bunch of awesome stuff. Uh, of course, you can come say hi to the, the guys, get some stuff signed mingle with the uh the abs alumni as it were also some other players uh non-abs are going to be there too hanging out so it's going to be a cool group of people highly recommend uh anyway while aj uh finishes his conversation megan uh i know you're working on some stuff 
with with Galchenyuk here in the coming days too. So I don't want to spoil anything. I'll let you you take Chucky wherever you want to take that. It honestly still feels so undetermined. Just in what I've seen of him briefly in the AHL, people have asked me too about this very question, and I genuinely don't know the answer. If I was going based off of what I saw in camp in preseason, it would be a very easy yes, especially given the dire streets of the current injury situation. But just looking at what I've seen in the AHL so far, it would not be enough for me to say this guy should have a contract with the Alps organization tomorrow. Um, it just It's just not enough yet. Um, it's not like he's not doing things well in the AHL. It's just it is the AHL and you really want to see a player that is NHL caliber <clears throat> stand out in a really big way. And he's picked up a couple of secondary assists. So if they play tonight, it's really going to be a great opportunity to get an extended look at him so I could better evaluate how I feel about him um, because I did like what I saw in camp in preseason. So I don't want to breeze by that. And I know Bednar genuinely liked what he saw and he lived by those words that this path back to the organization was really there for Galchenyuk once he got healthy. So overall, it's just good to see that he's healthy again too. But as far as a future fit with the Owls, it's a little serendipitous how he got healthy around the same time that things have gone so badly with injuries for them. But, you know, you don't want to make a decision out of desperation either. For sure. You good, AJ? Uh, can I bring us back to that real quick? Yep. Tell so, so the parts that I missed, and she was like, Rudo's being dumb. No, she didn't know that we were, <laughs> know that we were on. Uh, the pod right now. Um, she wanted us to make sure to include that the silent auction that we are doing, um, which all proceeds are going to LaCroix Hockey and to uh, to grow youth hockey in Colorado oh, and hey. the programs that they're going to run. That's literally exactly what I said while you were on the phone. But um, that silent auction is including uh, things like a uh, there's a uh, an 95 96 stanley cup champs t-shirt signed by the entire team um there's a signed mckinnon stick a signed makar puck a uh 2022 team signed uh champs stanley cup champion pennant uh there's also in the auction is a suite for one of the for a game this year so you bid on a suite for you and up to 20 of your closest friends to go to a game uh, to sit in a suite if you've never done that and you never thought you'd be able to afford it. This is probably a chance to get in on that. So um, she wanted me to include, uh, she wanted me to let people know what some of the silent auction items were going to be. um, If anybody was on the fence about coming down or whatever. Uh, It's a lot of really awesome stuff. I only ever been to one abs game in a suite and i'm not gonna lie to you i don't remember a lot of that game i have been to uh abs nuggets and mammoth games in suites over the years and they are all wildly different experiences (laughs) highly recommend the abs one that one was my favorite um a crazy good time so there you go. Anyway, uh, if you've ever wanted to check out a game in a suite, it's a chance to do it. That's awesome. I don't want to get too much into the Galchenyuk conversation because I know, Megan, you're working on some stuff for later this week. So we'll uh, we'll keep it on the tip of our tongue, maybe. But 
someone else that I'm sure you want to talk about. Uh, someone told me Logan O'Connor was going to score 15 goals this season. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I don't know if you officially bumped it up to 20 or not, but right now, <laughs> right now, Logan O'Connor's on pace for that. I'm just saying, just saying he's been the one proper bottom six depth piece that the Evs have actually found some good scoring from. No complaint. I'll give you the floor for this. I don't have much, you know, he had a burst of offense at the start of last year too. So the question becomes, is it sustainable? And honestly, with how he has gotten things done so far, I would say it is sustainable so long as he continues to shoot. I know that finishing has been a little bit of a struggle for him last season and that's something that he was looking to work on this year, and that has been attributed to some of his success in streaming together offense recently. And so I think that's still the formula for him moving forward and suggests that this can definitely be possible. Um, you know, you look at the elevated opportunity because everybody on that third line is kind of playing up from what would normally be a fourth line role. So he has this window of opportunity now as guys are getting healthy to really lean into that. So I, I think that I'm just happy for him and I look at his work ethic and everything that everyone says about him. I was telling my mom about this the other day and I said, he works really hard. She says, you say that about everyone. And to a point she's right, but it's not just me who has pointed to this being the quality that has made Logan O'Connor this player um, and why we shouldn't be completely surprised that this has happened. Um, but it's also, you know, in talking to Cronin about some of the most coachable players he said that Logan O'Connor was one of the easiest and it's because of his level of compete. And that's just something that won't change about him. So I think it's sustainable and I'm really happy for him. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything to add there. I think that was perfect for O'Connor, but my next question becomes. Uh, <laughs> he, will, he will not continue to shoot 22%. Well, Yeah. It's definitely no, it's, not going to happen. Not that accuracy. Sure, sure. But he just needs to continue to shoot. Yeah. Hey, look. His backhand worked on a breakaway. Anything is possible. <laughs> okay. I I don't. I, I mean, really, like, I can be the pessimist and say his scoring pace isn't going to continue all day long. But uh, it doesn't matter. It's shift by shift, game by game. He's one of their most reliable players. He's one of their most effective uh, two way forwards right now. If you look at his fancy stats defensively, he's excellent They're on a awesome, consistent yeah. basis. Um, offensively, he's not, uh, which again, that's why he's Logan O'Connor. That's why he's making a million dollars and he's not making four million dollars, uh, you know, because he scores on a consistent basis. Uh, it's it's just not a fair ask of that. If he grows into more of a true third line player, amazing. Like the the abs really 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 need that right now, uh, especially because Andrew Cogliano more and more and more looks right at the finish line. Yeah. Um, as much of a as much of a warrior and heart and soul guy as that guy is, and as much as I like personally love him, um, you can the difference when you watch Andrew Cogliano versus Logan O'Connor. I can't believe. I feel the way that I do when each of those guys has the puck because when Cogs has it, I'm like, great, nothing will come of this. And when LOC has it, I'm like, you never know. We could be in for something here. 
Uh, and then they give it to Comfer, and then you know nothing is happening. So uh, it's with LOC, it's really like he's really everything that you could have asked for. Um, there are no, no complaints at all. I, he's been great. He's the man. And it's funny you mentioned Cronin brought him up as a, a, one of the guys that he talked about being coachable. Well, Bednar also brought him up as a guy. Um, that young players should look to as the example to follow. Hard work every day. If you just put in the work on a consistent basis, eventually your skill will start to take over, and that's how your game will elevate. And you've got two coaches now who are like, this is the guy. Be like Logan. It's funny, too, because he's like a one-size-fits-all player that coaches are pointing to, because even in foodies player to emulate logan o'connor even martin Cout. who do you want to emulate logan o'connor and i'm like okay you can't all be logan o'connor you should work as hard as logan o'connor but i don't want all of you to be carbon copies of logan o'connor we could deviate from this a little bit but i love where everyone's head is at and it, it's really a testament to who he is that coaches point to him we want you to be like him so i, I a positive in a bottom LOC. six where yeah. there aren't many, for sure. Very, very pro LOC group here right yeah. now. Uh, look, I even put a shirt on today, so yeah. See, <laughs> works out. Uh, beyond LOC, Cox is fine. I he's fine. He's just you know, again. We'll talk about Cogs in the playoffs when it matters. <laughs> I, You know what would be funny, now thinking about this? It would be funny if all the abs next year for the team Halloween party win as Logan O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> all would, of them. Hopefully not scary playoff beard Logan O'Connor. He looked like a beet farmer. I didn't like <laughs> <I'm>... it. <laughs> Do you know any beet farmers? No, but have you seen The Office? But you saw The Office. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, I, I do want to not necessarily go a little doomery here, but if the abs do suffer another injury, you have Mikhail Maltsev floating around still, you have Charles Houdon down there. Is there a world where the abs get hurt enough to consider Jean-Luc Foodie? We really hope not. I think, I think they're an injury away to a winger from having the Houdon versus Foodie conversation. Okay. I think the answer is still Charles Houdon. You really want to you really want to let Foodie continue to just do his thing. And there's still Anton Bleed to get through. And Bednar loves Girl. him so much. Bednar loves him so much. Look, I didn't do this. I didn't decide this. Why? Why we gotta go? I would rather have talked about Oscar Olauson. God, me too. No, he was in my fun, would be a fun call-up, unexpected, of the year. But Anton Bleed is still there. And so before we get to Foodie, we do have to get through a Bleed. Probably. Uh, honestly, Maltsev can play wing, like, depending on what their needs are. There's a Maltsev in the conversation. And then maybe a Charles Houdon, which I also think is a fun option. But then we're looking at Foodie, who Cronin says, could he play in the NHL right now? Yes. It would just be a very random game. And I think that's a very succinct way to describe what Foodie would do in the NHL right now. 
I think there would be really fun moments, but there would also be really confusing ones. And that's why I still want Foody to hammer out some details over the course of this season. But his skill upside is so high. I'm really high on Foody. I just don't want to throw him to the lion's den too soon. Well, he's taking those steps forward that you want to see a guy take. And you really don't want to interrupt that by calling him up to the NHL and then giving him a really, really reduced role. And then, you know, he's up in the NHL for a week or two or whatever, and then he has to go back and kind of regain that momentum. You really want to just keep propelling him forward. Like, you want to just be like, this is going well. We'll continue to let this go well. You really don't want to be in that position to call that guy up right now. That is... Golly, man. If it happened... I'd be happy. I'd go yeah. down my rookie lap, cheer him on. But as as Chad has mentioned, we talked about Galchenyuk a little bit earlier in the show. Um, yeah, which is is most likely the bailout option there. But well, and he's he's the guy that you really think is like this is a really interesting guy here, right? Because he did look good in training camp. He did look good in the brief preseason that they got of him. Um, they clearly like him. They clearly think that there's something there worth looking at further. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have bothered to bring him back even after the injury. Um, and and the, the injury was the only reason they released him from the PTO. It had nothing to do with how he was playing. Uh, and the thing, the thing with Galchenyuk is he's the only one of these guys that has a 30-goal season in the NHL on his resume. Out of all these guys that we're talking about, the entire, but I mean, even Arturi Lekkinen, we're sitting here that none of these guys have that. This is a guy who's done it in the NHL. It's been a while, but he's also, it's not like a 34-year-old, like with Andrew Cogliano, where you're looking at it and you're like, well, look at his career. Maybe he could do it again. Like, no. But with Galchenyuk, you're, you're like, hey, man, maybe there's some finishing still left in the stick. You know, maybe there's still some game there. He's can only he 27. Get, can he get the defensive details down? where you feel comfortable playing him because he's been a bad defensive player his entire career. And a lot of it has been effort-based. A lot of it has been the give a shit hasn't been there. Has he been humbled by this experience where he had to get a PTO? He had to get a PTO last minute, then got hurt. Doesn't have a job. As a guy who was a top five pick, doesn't have a job at the NHL at age 27. This should be his prime. This should be like this should be like when he is going off in the NHL, making big money. Has he been humbled enough by this experience that he will commit himself in a way that he has yet to in his career to being a two-way player? Because I'm really not worried about what he can do offensively. I think that if you drop him into an offensive setting and where the abs are with the injuries right now, they can. They could put him next to Evan Rodriguez. They could put him next to to, to Alex Newhook or, or Martin Cowell, whichever, however they want to do it. But they can give him the kind of minutes and offensive zone starts, shelter him a little bit, whatever, uh, where they can they can really lean on the offense. But he's got he's to gotta put the work in defensively. He's got to put the work in to be a two-way player. He's never done it in his career. You go and look at his entire career. Never once has he even been league average defensively. He has always been a bad defender and it's not an irrelevant thing you can get away with that if you are scoring 30 goals coaches will give you a little more leeway 
but without that leeway, without that, without that 30 goals on the other side of it, you cannot be a bad defensive forward. And it just won't, it just will not fly. And that's the only thing it's like, he's got to show this. He's got to show that he's willing to do it, that he's willing to put that work in. And <clears throat> not saying he can't do it, just saying it hasn't happened. And I want to see what this experience where, you know, he's been bouncing around on one-year deals. He's been in a lot of organizations the last few years. I want to see, I want to see how this experience being on the PTO, um, not having a job and being on the, like the fringe of, of professional hockey, to be honest with you. Uh, he's on an AHL PTO right now. This is not what he thought his life was going to be like. Does that humble him enough to 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 get him to get into the mindset of, I need to put in this work? Or does he start to feel a little bit of success and, and slip into the bad habits that have put him where he is? Alex Galchenyuk is a really, really interesting option. But you can't count on him in any way. You just you cannot rely on him, and I think that's what makes him a scary option. Even if things go well, at the drop of a hat, it could turn on you and go bad. Well, we'll have to wait and see if and when or what the Avs even do. I hope he tears um, it up with the Eagles and the Avs are like, let's let's roll. I think it would yeah. be the world's most fun storyline. I agree. Either way, we'll have you covered on it. Any final thoughts on today's show? We don't really talk about Martin Kaut, but some some props to him. I think I think he's showing that he can play in the NHL. It's not overwhelming. It's not super high end stuff, but I think he is showing he can he can hang. I, I given the extended out time for Darren Helm, I really think he's going to stick. But I I, I just wonder. I mean, Bedner seems to have such a really short lease for for him in particular that. I, I do wrong. wonder about it. Yeah. Okay. I guess on that note, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, another regular show. So we hope to see you then. But until then, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>